Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today, so we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Hey, what's going on, Amber? Thanks. It's uh, always good to be here. So let's talk leadership. Yeah, so I am excited about today's topic. I've, I've really been thinking about it a lot this week. You know, so Mo, I know you're going to have some really great concepts for us to think about and um, some, you know, action steps to really put into practice this week. But I have to admit that when I first heard the title of our show today, Thriving in Leadership in Your Workplace, my mind immediately went to sort of an obvious, I think, expert in the subject, and that is Tommy Callahan, or as most people would know him, Tommy Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now, okay, so just so our listeners know, I I don't sit around and watch movies all day long, but this one is an absolute 90s classic, so I I had to mention it. So it's the story of Tommy Callahan, played by the late Chris Farley, who finds himself the head of Callahan Motors after his dad suddenly dies. Now, Tommy is, let's say, a little short on professionalism, skills, knowledge, and just kind of a general understanding of how to conduct <laughs> oneself in public. Right. But, but he finds himself in a situation where the only way to save the company and the town is to figure out how to sell his dad's new product, brake pads. So Tommy Boy and his sidekick Richard, played by David Spade, set out on their sales adventure, and it really is some of the most hilarious hijinks, like complete with office fires, vehicle destruction, <laughs> a run-in with a deer. Yes. <laughs> but right when defeat was starting to settle in, a conversation in a roadside diner about chicken wings changed it all. Because Richard helps Tommy realize that while his tactics are a bit different than his dad's, <laughs> he actually has his dad's same qualities of reading people and helping them get over their own objections and ultimately make the sale. So he just needed to kind of relax, have fun, and as they say, don't take no for an answer. So he sells a bunch of brake pads, saves the company in the town, and becomes the hero, or so they thought, until another obstacle arises and it seemed like all hope was lost again. But what I love about this movie and why I immediately thought about it this week (laughs) is when Tommy had every reason to throw his hands up and quit when faced with obstacle after obstacle, he didn't quit. He put everything on the line. He rallied people together. He kind of like leveraged their skills and he figured out how to save the company. And I I mean, if that's not thriving in leadership in your workplace, (laughs) I I don't know what is. So... Mo, help us break this all down today. What What is the first key point in thriving in leadership in your workplace? <laughs> well, I'd say before we get to the first point, if you haven't seen Tommy Boy, gosh, you got, I, Amber, now I have to go back and now you know I'm going to have to go back and watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. When you talked about my favorite scene, The Office Fire, I mean, I'm not even going to, 
I'm not even going <laughs> to uh, do it a disservice by trying to be Tommy Boy, but you've got to see that movie. So again, yes, to our audience, Amber does not sit around watching movies all day. I'm actually the one who asked her to surprise me with her favorite uh, movies and stories. And so Amber, you have done it again. So um, congratulations. But <laughs> so the, the first key point that I have uh, today for our audience, if you want to be somebody who is thriving in leadership at the workplace is this. You need to learn how to build trust within your team. You see, trust is the foundation of any successful team, and it starts by getting to know each team member on an individual level. Take the time to understand their strengths, their challenges, personal aspirations, show genuine interest in their lives in work and outside of work, and then this will build a sense of camaraderie and it's going to help create a positive and supportive team culture. And, you know, we obviously talk about culture all the time here at Rising Tide. And so how do we do that within this first point of building trust? How do you how do you build trust? Well, you create an environment of open and transparent communication. We talk about communication all the time, whether it's with our audience or in um, our, our times together as a team, or even when I'm talking with clients. Creating a culture of open and transparent communication is the first thing that we need to know about building trust. As a leader, you have to be accessible, you have to be approachable, and your team members need to know they can come to you. You need to be able to encourage your team members to share their ideas, concerns, feedback openly without the fear of judgment. And Amber, I mean, you, you know, the, the, the judgment piece is, is a lot of times why people don't go to their leaders, their superiors, because they're going to be judged. So yeah. we as leaders have to actively listen to their perspectives. We have to demonstrate um, that their voices are valued and respected. And by fostering an environment of open communication, you lay the groundwork for trust you know, to flourish. And, and your team members are going to start to feel comfortable expressing themselves and engaging in you know, constructive dialogue. And so once you do that, you have that, that kind of communication the second sub point of this particular uh, point about building trust is this. You need to emphasize personal connections. It's all about being personal. Uh, when you are talking to your team members, you need to understand their strengths. You need to understand their, their weaknesses or as uh, uh, one of my mentors says, their challenges. You also need to understand their aspirations. You need to show genuine interest in their lives, again, beyond the workplace, uh, which is families hobbies, personal goals. Do you know the, the, the people in your uh, on your team? Do you know the, the names of, of their kids, of their pets, of their favorite places to go? Because you should know this stuff. And so by building these authentic connections, you as a leader are going to demonstrate care and empathy because it's going to be genuine. It's got to be genuine. And this will create a strong sense of camaraderie within the team. And so Whenever I, I, I'm put in charge of a team or I, I've done so over the years, I first want to make sure that I that I want to get to know my people. Amber, when, when I first met you, I, I would talk to you a lot about, Amber, what are the people on your team? What are they like? What are the things that they do? You know, tell me about your people. And we, we went through a lot of exercises about that because the faster we can do this, the better off we're going to be helping each person on our team. And that doesn't mean um, that you, you're you already going to have the, the credibility. So that's why you have to work on this fast. And especially when you're thrown in, in, into a, a new supervision um, uh, 
place or, or, or within your company, you're, you're the new person, right? <laughs> and so mm -hmm. you have to do this very quickly. Once you know the things on the team, uh, uh, for the people on your team, it's going to help you to get to know them better. And it's going to help them feel better in the workplace. It's going to help you be a better leader. And it's going to foster this, I don't know, a positive, supportive team culture. And team members, Amber, are going to feel valued as individuals. And they're going to be more likely to trust and collaborate with one another. That's such a good point, because I think sometimes the tendency for leaders, especially like you said, being thrown into a new situation is they want to hurry up, get in there and do a bunch of work real fast to prove, you know, that they can or that they're the right one for the job. But getting taking that time to get to know people like like you said, when when team members feel valued and understood, they're so much more likely to want to collaborate and, and communicate effectively with you. And that's just you, you can't replace that with anything else. Absolutely. So, Mo, what would be the next point for us today? Yeah, obviously, you know, building that trust is, is very important, but you can't stop there, right? So the, the second point that we have today for our listeners is this. Create new opportunities for your team members. You see, this second point about creating new opportunities for the people on your team are going to help them enhance their own brand. Amber, we hit on brand all the time. I'm always asking people, what's your brand? Um, and as a leader, it's essential for you to encourage uh, within your team, professional growth, development uh, on an individual level, because when you identify the unique skills and passions of the people on your team and help them align their roles and responsibilities with what they're doing in the team, uh, it's really gonna, it's, it's gonna set them up to make themselves better and make their own brand of who they are more um, likable and reliable to the rest of the team members. And it's going to help them start to understand you're in it, not just for the team, but for them as an individual. And so uh, Dory Clark um, writes a great book called Reinventing You, Define Your Brand, Imagine Your Future. And you can click on it at the bottom here, um, you know, uh, in, in the links. And guess, and guess what it's about, Amber? <laughs> it's about doing what's best um, for you know people on your team, for their best interests. And why is that important? Because gone are the days when you're going to be at a company for 50 years and then you're going to walk away with the, the gold watch and, and the wonderful pension. I mean, if anything, the life cycle for each job has been cut down significantly, um, probably to well under a decade at this point, which means you're probably going to see a lot of changes in careers, as are the people on your team. That's why leadership comes at a premium now. So you know, this is going to kind of sound cruel, but your company, for the most part, probably doesn't have your best interest in mind. <laughs> if they did, then you'd probably be making you know millions of dollars and everybody... Um, nobody would be worried about, um, you know, uh, man, I, I, I need to make more. I need to do more. I need to have more influence because your job at your company is to help the company succeed. That's why they bring you in. And that's not to say they don't care about you. It's just to say that they care about the company more than they care about you because they need to keep the company afloat because that's what it's about. And so this means you have to keep your own interests in mind. And, and, when you build your brand, Amber, it, it just helps you get better. And so people at that company, your supervisors are going to say, wow, I want this person to be on my team because they're getting better. And what that is, Amber, is, is, is they're building 
their brands and are making it stronger. And so when you start to do this for our listeners out there, you just need to know it's totally going to shift the way that that you communicate with, um, with with your superiors and your team members and those who are looking to you for leadership. And this is going to build trust automatically because your superiors then are going to know that that you want the very best for 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 the team, and it's going to help the people, Amber, that are looking to you. That wow, this person, my, my supervisor, my leader, has my best interests in mind, and that makes me want to work harder. So th- that sounds really good, <laughs> but <laughs> how does this? Yeah, you know, because it sounds like exciting. Like, yes, I'm ready to go. But right, h- how does this play out practically as a leader? Yeah, and Amber, that that's absolutely the the correct question. So here here's a couple of action points um, for for our listeners out there if they want to be leaders uh, that that are different than everybody else. First, ask this: ask each each of your team members individually what they want from their time at the company, right? And then ask them what do you want from me as a leader. And if you get this written down on paper and make sure that that you understand it as a leader correctly, you now have something to work from when it comes to thinking about each person on your team. And Amber, I do this. I, I, I've had, whether I've got um, a sports teams or I've, I've uh, been a leader in a ton of different industries, if somebody reports to me, I write down their goals, their loves, the things that they want to do better, because I want to look at that person and say, what does this person want for their life in particular? And secondly is this, and, and, and this is the hard one. If another opportunity comes along for somebody on your team, you as the leader need to be the first one to tell them that they need to go for it. And that means mm-hmm. it could be a promotion within the company that's outside of your department. And it might mean helping them find a place in another company that's not even part of what you do. And I know that that doesn't that just you know stick a dagger <laughs> in your heart like, oh man, I'm doing all this great work with this person and now they're just going to leave me? Well, yeah, because you're part of their success. You're making them better because they, they're they doing their best and you're helping them. Well, of course. Like, Don't you want the best for your people? Yes. And Amber, this is where a leader goes from being good to being exceptional. The best leaders are trying to work their people out of the job. <laughs> Once you start sending people out and others see that, both in your company, wherever your, your department is, if you send them out to, to bigger and better things or even outside of your company, and people say, well, where did that person go? Oh, well, so-and-so left because he or she got a better job offer. And man, I'm excited for them because they got to move up and build their brand. When you start doing this, Amber, uh, you're going you're gonna to make yourself indispensable as a leader and as a connection point because people are going to start seeing that you build into people and you create great team members that they're going to want. And if the company that you work for understands this, they'll make sure that they never lose you. See, that that's that that's where you'll, because you're going to end up working yourself out of a job, but they're going to say, oh my gosh, we can't get rid of this person. We need to do whatever we can to keep them. And that's when you start getting raises, you start getting more influence in the company. Otherwise, believe me, you're, you're, you're going to be stolen by somebody else. And most likely it's going to be at a hefty price. Then you're going to think, man, I'm glad I helped build into people and I wasn't worried about losing people. I was worried more about helping make them better. It's such an interesting concept, but really, I mean, by empowering team members to build their personal brand, 
you're not only benefiting them individually, but really also fostering a more diverse and talented team. Yes. And when team members, Amber, feel that their growth is supported, they become more engaged and motivated to contribute their best work to your your company and specifically to your team and you as a leader. So it's a win-win, or as Michael Scott would say, a win-win-win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, I, I've seen how this approach really leads to that, even um, within Rising Tide and you allowing team members and we're kind of releasing them into other avenues and other companies and watching how it has just really led to a more dynamic and empowered workforce, which is right. just really incredible how that works. So hmm. what is the third and final point that you have for us today? Yeah, here it is. Third and final point. Help others use personal strengths for team success. You see, the, the third point centers around each team member using their individual knowledge or, or as they build their brand and successes and, and get better. It helps them use all this for the, the, the team and the whole company, really. And as a leader, Amber, it's crucial to create a culture where knowledge sharing and collaboration are, are highly encouraged. And here's the best part about this point. If you get the second point right, like we just talked about, this one should be really simple. People will just kind of fall into wanting to do what's best for the company because they're going to know, man, my leaders, they're behind me and they're always going to look out for my best interest. So I'm just going to give my best now and see, see, see where the chips uh, fall. And so as a coach for uh, student athletes over the, the last few decades, let me tell you that it's very difficult to get a bunch of really talented people, right? And, and help to use their talents to put the team first. But great leaders are going to help their teams do that, whether it's in sports or in, 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 in the company or in family or in your extracurricular, whatever. Now, um, there's different... Uh, different uh, levels of leadership, and, and we're not going to talk about the levels of leadership today in depth, but um, through this story that I'm about to tell, you're going to be able to see that John Wooden, um, one of the greatest coaches of all time, um, actually probably, you know, uh, in my opinion, probably the greatest. <laughs> and, and here it is. There, there's a story told by a guy named uh, Ian Monroe, and, and this is his story. He says, Swin Nader was a teenager who grew to be six foot 11 and took up the sport of basketball in his junior year of high school. He was cut from the high school basketball team, but as a junior, uh, his his coach convinced him to try out. He made the junior college team, and he became more comfortable within his physical stature. His coach thought he could secure him a place with the legendary John Wooden at UCLA. The UCLA teams of those days were truly amazing, and the junior college coach knew that there was only one scholarship remaining. The challenge was that Swin was a center, and UCLA had the best center in the country, Bill Walton. Undaunted, he called the legendary coach John Wooden and told him that he had a player that he'd like for him to consider for the last scholarship. When Coach Wooden asked about the player and found out uh, that he was a center, Coach Wooden asked why he thought it would be good for him to use his last scholarship on a position that was already well covered. What he told Coach Wooden helped on that day for Swen to become a UCLA Bruin. He told him he understood that he had a great seven-foot center and he had a great team, but that his next tallest player was only six foot nine. Swen would give him the only thing that Coach Wooden didn't have, 
someone who could push Bill Walton in practice every day and make him better. Of the three years they played together, they won two national championships, and Bill Walton started every game and played almost every minute. Swin barely saw the floor. But at the end of his career, a reporter asked Bill Walton who the toughest center he had to face all year was, and Bill pointed at Swin and said, that guy right there is the best player I've ever played against. While wow. Bill Walton was drafted first by uh, first by the NBA that year, Swin became the first player drafted in the NBA first round who never started a college game. He went on <laughs> to play eight years at the ABA and the NBA. He was an ABA Rookie of the Year. He was the only person ever to lead both leagues in rebounding. And that's the story. <laughs> Amber, yeah. t- talk about encouraging open communication and creating platforms for team members to share their successes and their learnings. Coach Wooden inspired his players to be the best and to help the rest of the team do the same, no matter what their skill level. And he helped his players recognize individual talents and celebrate their collective achievements, which ended up boosting morale, inspiring others to strive for excellence and obviously go on to, to bigger and better things. So Amber, all of that to say, <laughs> and you already know where this is going. If you have not read the book, They Call Me Coach by John Wooden, you need to, to, to order that today. Um, again, there's a link in, in the description right here, but you can get it on Amazon. You can get it wherever, but you've got to get that book. I have had that book now for several years, read it several times, given it as gifts to several people in my life. And the reason why I, I, I want to say that is this. Um, it's probably one. It, it's probably my, my favorite coaching book uh, of all time. Uh, the, the life lessons, all that kind of stuff. But here's, here's what it does, Amber. It really simplifies what it means to take care of people. And in that book, and pretty much every book written uh, by John Wooden or about John Wooden, it uses you know quotes to, to talk about his philosophy But this is what John Wooden uh, always said and says, and this is one of my favorite quotes. Here it is. John Wooden once said, or actually said all the time, (laughs) the star of the team is the team. We supersedes me. And Amber, that's the essence of leadership. Just like the story of Bill and Swin, your job, wherever you're at, wherever our our listeners uh, are working, your job as a leader is to do the very best to help Every person on your team, whatever their talent level, whether they're like Bill Russell or they're like Swin or, or somewhere in between, that they fit right within your culture and that they do their best so that they can give their very best to the team. And that's what your team needs from you. If you can first model that and then help others buy into that, I guarantee our listeners out there, you will have a winning team and a winning company. It, I mean, it makes sense, right? That that by leveraging the collective expertise of the team, you really can achieve better results and and overcome challenges more effectively. I I I can I can see the positive impact that these strategies could have on on a team dynamic and and really just the overall productivity of any company or organization or nonprofit that that you're a part of, anything that you want to see succeed is going to do more so by utilizing the people and the collaboration that you've talked about. So really, really great insights for us today, Mo. Yeah. And remember, Amber, that, you know, um, 
as a leader, your job is to help others excel in their roles and help to create that thriving workplace environment. Thanks, Mo. You have challenged us once again, and your insights <laughs> really have, have been truly invaluable today. So any final thoughts for us before we go? Yeah, you know, I, I just want our listeners to know this. Very, very simply put, leadership isn't about, about title. It's about how you inspire and empower those around you. So for those of our listeners today, go, go to the office, um, wherever you're working, and, and, and inspire others. You know, build, first build trust with them, inspire them to be better as a person individually, and then help them to use those talents for the team. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you all enjoyed our conversation today and took away some actionable tips to really thrive in leadership at your workplace. Remember, leadership is a journey of continuous growth and learning. So go out there, build trust, create opportunities, and harness the power of your team's collective knowledge. Until next time, keep unleashing your leadership potential. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next time as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next time.